Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sleepy Time Story Times. Today, we are reading some more of the first Bible stories. I know, I know. It's pretty cool. Um, today, we are on chapter... Chapter something. A, a great leader. Um... This is where we left off yesterday, obviously. Uh, I'll begin now. Years later, after Saul's death, David became king of Israel. But there was difficult times. Supporters of Saul fought against David, and the the Philistines were always waiting for a chance to return to the country. David longed to conquer the city of Jerusalem so that he could bring the the sacred box of God's laws there. What a celebration they had when at last David attacked and captured the city. There was music and dancing. Feasts were held and gifts were offered. David had made Jerusalem the city of God. David was a great leader, loved by all his people and faithful to God. But he was not perfect. He fell in love with a... uh, He fell in love with Bathsheba. Bathsheba, even though she was already married. married, David made sure that her soldier husband was killed in the battle. God saw what David had done and let him know through Nathan, the prophet. David prayed to God to, get, to forgive him, and, and God saw that he was truly sorry. You will remain king, God said to David, but the task of building my temple I will give to your son, Solomon. Alone and upset, King David began to draw up plans for the temple and wrote music that would be used there to praise God. Later, David married Bathsheba, and his kingdom remained strong, although trouble was rarely far away. Absalom, one of David's sons, was handsome and popular, and he wanted to be king. So he plotted to take his father's throne and marched on Jerusalem. At first, King David took flight, but then he rallied his army and went into battle against his son. David's army defeated Absalom who tried to flee, but was captured by some of David's soldiers. They ignored the king's orders to spare Absalom's life and killed him. The king was overcome with grief. Oh, my son, my son, he cried. I wish that I had died in your place. As Absalom was dead, David's next song, at son, Adonijah, Adonijah, Adonijah decided that he would claim the throne for himself. But King David said that Solomon would succeed. David took Zadok, the priest, Nathan, and the prophet, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, Benaiah, to take Solomon to Gihon, to anoint him as kings, as king, the wisest of men. There was a great celebration when Solomon became king. Before he died, King David spoke to Solomon. He was a strong king. Be a strong king. Trust in God and follow his commands. Then God will keep his promise that that my descendants rule over this nation. So immediately, King Solomon expelled his father's old enemies and set out new districts throughout the kingdom. Then Solomon ruled over the kingdom of Israel for many years and loved God. He was to become one of Israel's most famous kings, and the people of God lived together in a time of peace. 
One night, God appeared before Solomon in a dream. What what would you like me to give you, God asked. I am very young to rule over so many people, Solomon replied. Please give me the wisdom, wisdom I need to make the, the right and true decisions. God was very pleased because Solomon had not asked for for things for himself. I will give you more wisdom and understanding, said God, than anyone has ever had before. God kept his promise and Solomon became the wisest man. But Solomon always remembered that his wisdom came from God. One day, Solomon had to judge who was the real mother of a baby. Solomon thought and then suggested that they cut the baby in half. The false mother agreed, but the real mother said no. The wise king knew at once who the real mother was. Such tales of Solomon's wisdom spread far and wide across the world. Eventually, they reached the land of Sheba. When the queen of that land heard about Solomon, she decided to see him for herself. She thought up a list of very difficult questions, and then, taking jewels, gold, and spices with her, set out for Jerusalem. She made quite an impression when she entered the city. She asked Solomon all her questions, and he was able to answer them all very easily. I can see, she said, that God has given you his people and wise king... Given that God has given his people a wise king because he loves them so much. Then the queen returned to Sheba, a wonderful temple for God. In the fourth year of Solomon's reign, he began to build a a wonderful temple for God. For the foundations and walls, fine large stones were used as, as well as quality wood such as cedar. Because lots of cedar wood was needed and the best cedars grew entire, Solomon made a treaty with Hiram the king of that country. Once cut, the wood was tied together in rafts and floated down to the down the coast to where Solomon was building the temple. In return, Solomon gave Tyre with loads supplied Tyre with loads of wheat and olive oil. The temple was going to be a wonderful place where God's special box containing the laws would be kept. When the, when the temple was finished, it was uh, it was amazing. At the rear, it was at the rear was a windowless square with floors and walls covered in gold. The room would hold the box containing God's laws. It was decorated with carved figures of winged creatures, palm trees, and flowers, also covered in gold. The outer room had a gold altar and then ten gold lamps lampstands the other furnishings in the temple were made of gold including the tables cups bowls and even the pans that were used to carry coal to the fires it was a be- it was as beautiful as king solomon could make it and he contained the very best of everything outside the were courtyards where people could offer their gifts to god Thousands of men had worked on the temple and it had taken seven years to complete, so Solomon decided to hold a very special ceremony. The priests made offerings and rocks containing God laws were carried inside. It was then that the temple was completely filled with dazzling light, the presence of God. King Solomon prayed, Lord God of Israel, hear the prayers of your people, listen to them in your home in heaven, and help them always. Then Solomon spoke to, his, spoke to his people, Be true to God and obey his commands. After the ceremony, a great feast was held, and the celebrations last for a week. Israel would be, will be taken. During Solomon's reign, Israel flourished. Beautiful buildings and great cities were built. But to pay for the buildings, people had to pay taxes. Men had to work for the king and not further on their own farms. Solomon had also married many foreign princesses who worshipped their own gods. It helped to keep peace between the lands and it was good for trade, but it also brought many problems. 
Over many years, Solomon was persuaded by his wives to worship these foreign gods. He did not remain faithful to God as his father had. So God said to him, The kingdom of Israel will be taken from your son, since you have not followed my commands. And eventually, this this came to pass. The true God. After Solomon's death, Israel was divided in two. The southern part, Judah, followed Solomon's son, Rehoboam. In the north, the people followed Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. None of the kings who succeeded Jeroboam were faithful to God. One king, Ahab, married a woman called Jezebel and began to worship her god, Baal. Queen Jezebel had many of the prophets who remained loyal to God killed. But one prophet, Elijah, spoke out for the Lord. One day, Elijah brought a message to King Ahab. There would be no rain in Israel until God said so. After Elijah had delivered the message, God told him to go to a place on the other side of the river Jordan where he would be safe. For three years, Elijah stayed away and God watched over him, sending ravens to bring food and telling Elijah where to find people who would lack after him. And in all all that time, it did not rain once. One day, God told Elijah to return to Ahab. Why have you come back, troublemaker, asked the king. You have disobeyed God, replied Elijah. Send your people and the prophets of Baal to meet me on Mount Carmel. Ahab did as Elijah had asked, and when everyone was gathered there, Elijah said, It is time to see who is the true God. Then Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal, Offer a bull to Baal, and I will offer one to God. The true God will be will be the one who sends fire from the sky and sets light to the altar. So the priests of Baal made their altar and laid a bull on it. They called out to their God all day long, but there was silence and nothing happened. Then Elijah built his altar with a, with a ditch surrounding it, which he filled with water. He placed his bull on the wooden wood and poured water over everything. Then Elijah began to pray. God sent fire down, and even though the wood was soaked, it burst into plants. The people cried, The Lord is the true God. Then Elijah asked God for rain. The skies grew dark and strong wind blew and the rain fell once more. It was a wonderful day for Elijah, but Queen Jezebel swore to kill the prophet in revenge for what he had done. Elijah heard about the queen's plan and fled. He traveled a great distance and arrived at last at Mount Sinai. Suddenly he heard God's voice asking why he was there. The people of Israel have killed all your prophets. I am the only one left, Elijah explained. Now they want to kill me. You must go back, God replied. There is lots more work to be done. The prophet Isaiah More than a hundred years later, after Elijah's death, the northern part of Israel fell to the Assyrians, and the people were taken into exile. The southern kingdom of Judah was also under threat from the Assyrians, but God sent the prophet Isaiah to help King Hezekiah to save Jerusalem. The city was safe for a time, but Isaiah warned the king, You must remember, Jerusalem will not fall if you obey God's laws. Isaiah also gave the people a lasting message of hope. For for unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and government will be on his shoulders, said Isaiah. He will be called the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to his rule and peace. Everything Isaiah said came true. Throne to the lions. 
Over many, many years, God's people continued to disobey him. So the Lord allowed the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, to gain control of Judah. <laughs> the king took many people as prisoners, including a group of young boys from Jerusalem, one of whom was Daniel. Then the king ordered his chief official to pick men from noble families who could be trained to serve in the royal court. Daniel and his friends were some of the chosen men. As they grew up, they studied the great writings and learned to speak Babylonian. As the years passed, Daniel became very wise. Then one year, the Persians captured Babylon and their leader, Darius, became king. Darius was made Daniel one of his chief advisors, and Daniel served him loyally. But the king's other advisors grew jealous of Daniel and the attention he received and plotted against him. When they discovered that he prayed to God every day, they said, If we want to get Daniel in trouble, it will have to be, doing, it will have to be something to do with his religion. The advisors proceeded to, to the king to make a new law, saying that for 30 days no one was to ask for anything from any god or any human being except from the king himself. Anyone who broke the laws was to be thrown into the lions. Daniel heard about the law, but continued to pray three times a day. He made no secret of it. His enemies were delighted. Their plan had worked, and they rushed to tell the king. What could the king do? Daniel had broken the law. The king was very upset. He liked Daniel, but he could not find a way to save him. So at sunset, Daniel was thrown into a deep pit filled with hungry lions. That night, the king couldn't eat. He didn't want music. He couldn't sleep. He paced up and down. As soon as as soon as soon dawn broke, Darius hurried off to the lion pit. The king didn't expect to find Daniel alive and called down to the pit. Was your god able to save you from the lions? Darius expected silence, but instead he heard Daniel's reply. Yes, your majesty. God knew that I was innocent, and he, he has kept me safe. I have, I have done no wrong. Darius was was amazed. He gave orders to have Daniel set free and for the men who accused him to be thrown to the lions instead. Then the king made a new law. Let everyone in my kingdom fear and respect the God of Daniel, for he is the one true living God. God doesn't want that. An enormous fish. Being God's messenger was messenger. Messenger was often a dangerous and unpopular job, and not all the prophets were willing to say yes. See, say yes to God's call to them. One reluctant prophet was Jonah. One day, God told Jonah that he was to go to the city of Nineveh, Nineveh, the, the capital of Assyria. The Assyrians were the enemies of God's people. Tell the Assyrians in forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Said God, I know about wicked things they are doing. They must stop. I am going to look stupid, Jonah thought to himself. God is loving and forgives people. He will not destroy Nineveh. So Jonah, so Jonah went to Joppa instead and boarded a boat that was bound for Spain. God was angry with Jonah for not doing what he had asked. No sooner had the boat set sail than God created a huge storm. Everyone feared that the boat would be ripped apart. Pray to your gods, the crew shouted. Meanwhile, Jonah was fast asleep below the deck. When the captain woke him and told to pray like everyone else, Jonah wouldn't. The storm worsened, and as the boat was tossed about, Jonah told the crew, It's my fault that you were caught in the violent storm. Throw me into the sea, and it will be calm. Captain refused, but as the storm got worse, he had no choice and reluctantly threw Jonah overboard. The sea instantly calmed. Oh my god, he's gonna get eaten by a whale.
Jonah was convinced that he would drown, and as he sank to the bottom of the ocean, he called for help. God heard his cries and sent an enormous fish that swallowed him alive. For three days, Jonah was inside the dark belly of the huge fish. He was truly sorry for disobeying God and told him his prayers. Told him in his prayers. God listened to Jonah, and when he was sure that Jonah was truly sorry, he made the fish throw Jonah up onto a beach. Once again, God told Jonah to take this message to Nineveh. Jonah rushed off at once. The people in Nineveh listened to Jonah and immediately changed how they lived. God saw that they had given up their wicked ways and did not destroy the city. This is exactly what I said you would do, Jonah complained to God, so now let me look. Die. He sat outside of the city in the scorching sun, but God made a plant grow up to shed Jonah and began to feel less miserable. Next day, the plant died and the sun beat down again. I'm sorry that the plant has gone. I was glad of it, said Jonah. Yes, you did not make the plant grow, but you are sorry for it, said God. Just think how I feel about the people of Nineveh, the innocent children and animals I gave them all life. At last, Jonah understood how much God still loved and cared for his world. The King of Peace There were many times when the people of Israel forgot God's laws, and many times when his prophets warned of the trouble this would bring. Some prophets also spoke of the wonderful things God planned for the future. The prophet Micah spoke of God's promise and a ruler for Israel who would come from the tiny town of Bethlehem. He will rule over his people with the majesty of God, said Micah, and it won't be in just Israel that he's famous. All over the world, people will recognize the greatness. He will be the king of peace. Micah was speaking about Jesus, whose story is told in the New Testament. Now, we are now entering the New Testament, guys. Let's go. The Angel Messenger. In Nazareth, a small town in Galilee, Galilee, to the north of Israel, there lived a girl named Mary. She was engaged to Joseph, who was a descendant of King David. Joseph was the town carpenter. One day, as Mary went about her daily tasks, she noticed a stranger watching her. I am Gabriel, the stranger told her. Peace be with you, Mary. The Lord God has sent me with a special message for you. He has greatly blessed you. Mary stared at the angel messenger. She wondered what he could have to tell her. Gabriel could see that Mary was frightened. Don't be afraid, Mary. God loves you very much. He has chosen you above all others to be the mother of his promised king. You will have a baby, God's son. You will name him Jesus. But Mary did not understand. How can this be, she asked. The Holy Spirit will fall upon you and God's power will rest within you. He will take care of everything, Gabriel told Mary. Remember your cousin, Elizabeth, who thought she could never have children? She is expecting to have a baby, too. God can do anything if you trust him. Then Mary knew that she did not need to ask any more questions. She just needed to trust in God. I am the Lord's servant, she said. I will do whatever he wants. Um, I think that's all I'm going to read. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to read today, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Have a great night. Good night. Sleep well. Sleep tight. Um, yeah, tune in tomorrow. I'll be reading some more. We're almost done the book, guys. Okay, um, well, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Bye bye. Wait, I'm gonna let it go for eight more seconds. Come on. Okay, it's at 20 minutes now. See you. Bye bye. <laughs>